0: From saying hello to bidding adieu. Each episode I post should include something new. This simple fact is frustrating me some. I think and I think but new does not come. If fresh ideas and new topics around us abound. Where is just one on which to expound? I query my muse but she still remains mum. I think and I think but new does not come. For my one great idea I check Google and Bing. Hit after hit but the bell does not ring. I keep clicking the mouse until my finger is numb. I think and I think but new does not come. It should not be so hard to find something new. Open my mind and let inspiration pass through. I turn up the brain cells and refuse to be glum. I think and I think but new does not come. I talk to myself and then pace the floor. I now hear Poe's words, quote the raven, nevermore. I shudder for fear my muse was struck dumb. I think and I think but new does not come.
1: Okay, I'll bet you got the idea. I just am not sure what to talk about, what to say, what to use for content. So, of course, I first thought about falling back on quotations. I could give you a few quotations and comment on those and probably make it through the time, but I'm not sure just how interested you are in that kind of thing or how interesting it would in fact be. I went from there to picking a topic. What a concept, picking a topic. At any rate, the topic I picked was astrology. So, in this tidbit that I'm about to share with you, I may be telling you more about astrology than you ever want to know in five minutes or less. So, if that potentially appeals to you, here we go.
2: Is using quotations in an episode an indication of intellectual candor and accurate attribution or merely the refuge of a lazy podcaster? When I struggled to come up with a few hundred words to fill an episode, I am habitually tempted to appropriate a few dozen from the endless supply readily at hand, even if they are not mine. This is likely acceptable if the quotation adds authoritative support to a point, provides an example of someone else's point of view, represents a particularly clever turn of phrase, or otherwise adds to and extends the episode. What if instead? The quoted text merely serves to bulk up the episode or substitute for any actual brain work from me. Sure, I'm going to do it. The arbitrary topic is astrology, for no better reason than it struck my fancy. I suspect you may have some experience with having your fancy struck so my picking astrology makes complete sense to you. If not, suffice it to say it was in the stars for me today. It may be a stretch for you to get into astrology. You may figure Edward Abbey had a point when he said, who needs astrology? The wise man gets by on fortune cookies. If that isn't strong enough for you, Voltaire may have better captured your attitude about astrology when he said, superstition is to religion what astrology is to astronomy, the mad daughter of a wise mother. Your opposition is even stronger. Perhaps Shakespeare himself has to be joined in your anti astrology rant. This is the excellent foppery of the world, that when we are sick in fortune, often the surface of our own behavior, we make guilty of our disasters the sun, the moon, and stiff. We were villains on necessity, fools by heavenly compulsion, knaves, thieves, and treacherous by spherical predominance, drunkards, liars, and adulterers by an enforced obedience of planetary influence and all that we are evil in, by a divine thrusting on. An admirable evasion of whore man, to lay his goatish disposition on the charge of a star. Wow, and he even worked in foppery, whatever that means. I seem to recall Nero Wolf using flummery which is not good either, but foppery is new for me. Despite my plan to pat this episode with words appropriated from others, I do have a small urge to at least pretend to be somewhat balanced. A passing nod to the pro-astrology set strikes my fancy. I know but using it again was just too tempting. At least I didn't say it was in the stars. At any rate, Herman Melville summed it up quite well. Look you, Boon, your zodiac here is the life of man in one round chapter. To begin, there's Aries, or the ram, lecherous dog. He begets us, then, Taurus, or the bull, he bumps us the first thing, then Gemini, or the twins, that is, virtue and vice, we try to reach virtue, when low, comes Cancer the crab, and drags us back, and here, going from virtue, Leo, a roaring lion, lies in the path, he gives a few fierce bites, and surly dabs with his paw, we escape, and hail Virgo, the virgin that's a first love, we marry and think to be happy for I, when pop comes Libra, or the scales, happiness weighed and found wanting, and while we are very sad about that, Lord, how we suddenly jump, as Scorpio, or the scorpion, stings us in rear, we are curing the wound, when come the arrows all round, Sagittarius, or the archer, is amusing himself, as we pluck out the shafts, stand aside, he is the battering ram, Capricornus, or the goat, full tilt, he comes rushing, and headlong we are tossed, when Aquarius, or the water bearer, pours out his whole deluge, and drowns us, and, to wind up, with Pisces, or the fishes, we sleep, Melville calling us doubloons aside, he does have a way with words, I think the point is complete, Hacking an episode with the words of others is to be avoided unless one is totally at a loss for originality. My muse left, and still isn't back on a predictable basis so I am left now and then with no better choice. She has dropped in on an occasional basis, though, so if you have time to read more, some of the episodes are much better. Hey, Gary, are you going to just take up all of the opportunities to put in a little segue, a little transition from item to item, from tidbit to tidbit? I don't think that's quite fair. That's why I'm slipping in right here, and I'm going to take this one myself. I tend to be a pretty logical kind of fellow, but at times logic just doesn't work for us. It's like the current situation, you all know what I'm talking about. It's like that current situation that we're all trying to deal with, trying to figure out, trying to logically understand. And what I've concluded is that logic is simply not going
1: to work. So, here's my suggestion.
3: Do you think much about logic? There are probably folks who do, but I suspect they constitute a very small minority. Even for the logic-obsessed few, they probably limit their syllogism consumption to only a few a day for fear of overdosing. They fully appreciate Rabindranath Tagore's warning, a mind or logic is like a knife or blade, no, I don't think Tagore's point for the knife or blade had anything to do with being sharp through and through, as appealing as that may be. I suspect he was more aligning with the notion that we need a handle, a place to grab and hold, save that thought we'll need it in a bit along with logic being something we can overdo it is also something we can pursue too far according to samuel o. butler if you follow reason far enough it always leads to conclusions that are contrary to reason i think his point may have better been made by suggesting pursuing logic too far can lead to the counterintuitive but i am quoting samuel o. butler here and who am i to nitpick logical thinking unlike most regular thinking is highly linear It proceeds according to its own, well, its own logic. Sure, logicians would tell us to go back and examine our premises if we trust our reasoning and still doubt the validity of our conclusions, but Butler had a point. We really can overthink things at times. We sometimes do well to just go with the flow, another thought to hold on to for a bit. Most of us also tend to behave as if all questions have answers, all problems have solutions and we can always figure things out if we are clever enough, smart enough, and persistent enough. The idea is anything less than full success reflects badly on us and means we just aren't up to it. It's sort of like when Oscar Levant observed, she has the answer to everything and the solution to nothing, not having a solution has to be someone's fault or we often behave as if that were true. Let's accept as our premise, it isn't necessarily that way. Sometimes logic and reason brain power and being sharp, as desirable as they are, just don't cut it. Things are as they are, what happens is what happens, and what will be really is what will be. A certain amount of chaos is merely a part of life and living. I think we have established our premise. We need a handle to hold on to as we go with the flow through the chaos of our lives. Anything else is illogical, nay unreasonable. Always pause to think things through. That's the logical thing to do. But when logic fails and you just don't know,
1: hang on and go with the flow. I'm not a bit surprised that Chippy suggested that we go with the flow. He's kind of a go with the flow sort of guy. As I think about it, though, I think he may actually have a point, particularly these days. You know, you know these days that I'm talking about, don't you? Of course you do. Well, sometimes... We get to feeling like it's all building up on us, that we're stuck in a hole, we're between a rock and a hard place, we're some place that we just simply can't get out of. And the question is, what do we do about that? And probably more importantly, if we don't do something about it, what happens? Listen and judge for yourself.
0: If you're at your wits end, move on. If life deals you a losing hand, move on. If there's no light at the end of the tunnel, move on. If you're going through hell, move on. If you're between a rock and a hard place, move on. If you're at the end of your rope, move on. If you're in over your head, move on. If you've hit rock bottom, move on. If there's no way out, move on. If you don't move on, you're screwed,